Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, May 19th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio. We're coming to you from a recording booth in Los Angeles, California. I'm out here. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but we out here, Rob. Rob Zachney joining me. I'm always out here. You are. You live out here. I I can't leave, actually. (laughs) Rob Zachney eternally out here. I've been out here for Judges Week, E3 Judges Week, which, for people who don't know, is a week in May where before E3 happens, one person from, from every major outlet comes out, sees some games ahead of time, can help us kind of set up interviews. How many times have you done this? This is my first one. Yeah, because this, yeah. this was the thing I was wondering about, yeah. is like, you and I, I think we were both freelancers for a long time, yep. and then you, you were an editor, but usually like, Judges Week, it's for the big shots. That's... It's, a, it's a mix. I'd say it's a mix, like, because... It is definitely like a lot of editors-in-chief, yeah. like Jeff Gersman was out here, Andy McNamara, you know, like Cat Bailey, so lots of EICs, and it was great to see all those people. But there were also some some folks who were, uh, like J.V. Gwaltney from Game Informer was out here, Charlie mm-hmm. Hall from Polygon, which is not like a diss on any of those people. Like, they're just like, yeah. oh, they're not EIC roles, but they're still really good reporters who can help inform coverage going forward and, like, help figure out what E3 plans are going to be, and it's cool to see stuff early. It sucks that I can't talk about most of it until the end of May or early June. Tell me a little bit, because, like, I've always been sort of on the outside looking in on this experience. I was always like, Judges Week sounds interesting. A bit like like Cannes Cannes Film Festival, but for games. No. Uh, But, like, so is it, like... There are awards at the end. Like, not this week, but, like, we do have to vote or whatever. Does it mostly feel like a cool, like, rad privilege thing? I mean, listen, I got to play a bunch of games early. Before E3, yes, it feels like a rad privilege thing. Like, and I got to hang out with people who are really smart yeah. and pick their brains about those games afterwards. I got to say, like, hey Jeff, what did you think of that thing? Like, wow, let's have a, a twenty minute conversation with that. Hey JV, like you're from the South, this game has something in the South. Cool, like let's talk about that, you know, presentation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a dozen PR presentations back to back to back from nine a.m. until nine p.m. four nights in a row. So that sounds less awesome. Eh. Yeah. 12 hours a day I a, of video game presentation. I, I ate a lot of sliders. There's a, a range of different companies do it different ways, and I have opinions about how different companies do it. A lot of companies do it. This is like super inside baseball, but yeah. I feel like our audience kind of, it's not that inside. They're kinda, maybe, they're, maybe you're interested. I'm not sure. So some companies do the thing of like, uh, so, so there was a company, uh, THQ Nordic came out, and I can't talk about any of those games, but we, we met up with THQ Nordic, and they were like, hey, here are the games that were shown off, and uh, we hope you like them. Let me give you a quick three minutes on each of them, and then we have stations set up around this room. You'll get 30 to 40 minutes with each game. Ha- have fun. Let us know what you think. We'll have people around to answer questions. And that model is really good because it means you get a lot of time with 
with the game and can kind of wrap your head around it. And if you want to do an interview, you can do that. And if you want to set up an interview for later, you can do that. The worst were people who got up and did like, here is 30 minutes of us talking, 40 minutes of us talking. There was one that went for an hour and we were seated on these like little bad cubes. So it was just like, no one was comfortable. And each demo was just the demo of the game that then you got to go play, but they already played it in front of you. And like, no, I'm, I'm, you didn't need to show me all of game. I'm going to go play it in two minutes. I'm interested in how it feels, not in how it, you playing it looks when it's the exact same stuff. And then there were the ones that are just like, this is just a long talk. Like you're giving us a long, like heartfelt explanation of your product and you love it and you're treating it like a product and not like whatever. And like, awesome but those can be kind of exhausting and then like very limited hands-on time at all or none until later right not until e3 or not until we send a build out a preview build out or whatever and that stuff can be it can be weird i obviously the thing that i like the most is like hey here's the thing go play it we're here to talk about it we care about it a lot the absolute worst was clapping so we got a presentation of a game that was a competitive game and they opened it up with a competition between two people and I walked into the room where we all the people were heralded or kind of shuttled into, um, herded into is the word I was looking for. And the guy came out and like in his biggest, like most dystopian, like post-apocalyptic game show host voice. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Competitors! Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, this is Wacky Wayne, or whatever his fake name... There were fake names for the two competitors. Yeah. It was a real name, plus a... F- uh, and then they started competing, and I hadn't noticed it, but the room was lined with other employees from the company. And it's a company I like that has done cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, but the other employees started, like, hooting and hollering and clapping like they were watching a real competition, like, that they were deeply interested in and it was really awkward and desperate that feels uncomfortable i i respect the enthu- i respect the the earlier part of that of that presentation was like really enthusiastic because like we were like really psyched to show you guys this thing we've been working on this for a long time no one knows about this i'm just so excited for you to see it and that part was like yes good be proud of the thing you made y'all hustled like y'all worked your ass off on this this seems really cool this seems really creative in the part of in the sector of games that you're in awesome and then they started hooting and hollering and like putting on the show. And then they drafted us into teams. And then we like went off and did our own thing. And we forgot about the drafted into teams part. And then later they came back out and they're like, all right, well, the top times were uh, Jeff Gertman. Is there a Jeff Gertman here? And it was like, I'll bet that went over super well. There was lots of side eyes. And then they did like the competition again with us, with the like semifinalists, and clapped and cheered for us in that same like vaguely phony way because yeah. there's no competition. I assume the competition was all related to the game, though. Yeah, right? totally. Okay. It was the game. It was okay. totally like... It wasn't like 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 Summer Camp Icebreaker Games. It felt like, like Summer Camp, but that's the that's, whole thing. Yeah, that's, and that's the whole thing with judges because it can feel sort of like Summer Camp. But it can also feel like really good time to have with your peers. And like that's just... I had a good time overall. I'm not here to complain about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to say I had a really good time. And we capped off the week... That's not true. I capped off the week at NCSoft. But I capped <laughs> off the, the the beginning of the end of the week, the yesterday morning. You and I both went to a hangar <laughs> next to the SpaceX headquarters yes. uh, in Los Angeles where we played some Destiny 2, the sequel to Destiny, uh, yeah. which is... Definitely a, a full sequel. 
this is like the talking point, right? So yeah. the conversation I think around this game has been lots of people saying Destiny 1.5, more like more like that, more like 1.5, and I don't know where to come down yet on it. And I'm still working through. What about you, Rob? I'm surprised you don't know where to come down on that. I feel like you are you are hedging a little bit. I'm hedging because what's a sequel? Um, for real, because okay. I think language is weird, and because we're in a weird time for games. Um, so Destiny, two, let's talk about Destiny briefly. Yeah. My Before we dive into the yeah, phenomenological yeah. definition yeah, exactly. of a sequel, which we yeah. will, because because let me tell you, Waypoint fucked up. They let it just be you and me today, <laughs> Patrick and Danielle, Danica. Then none of them are here. Mike's let's, not here to be like, guys, keep it keep it real. Define our terms, right? We're here to get into yeah. it. We're here to talk about grimoire cards. Oh, we're, right. we're, here, we're here to talk about Destiny. Destiny and... 1, I played probably 60 to 80 hours-ish, somewhere in there, Rob. Uh, a few hundred. Okay. Uh, That's so... a lot. I mean, you know what? I think actually, I actually checked, and it was 140. So actually, I'm a liar. I yeah. played 140 hours, which so, is not anything compared to a lot of people. But we had more than a casual acquaintance with, with Destiny. Yeah. And I guess... So what is... What, what's what's the selling point here? I think the first thing they they're really leaning on heavily yeah. is addressing kind of the, the number one complaint about year one or or the initial complaint is that <laughs> you're already calling it year one and not destiny one. <laughs> yeah, well, because destiny one changed. Like yeah. after the Taken King, destiny became a different experience. Totally. But year one was that launch experience. It's the loot cave. It's yeah. it's all that bullshit. But the main thing is that. In year one, what the hell was the story of Destiny? Right. Nobody could tell you, and it just seemed like this game where you did random quests and the world never changed. You well, didn't even know what that story the, was about. The problem, Rob, is you and I could tell people what the story of Destiny 1 was about because we read the grimoire cards, which is where all of the story was hidden. Um, it was about the Vex coming back and, and the Black Garden. Come on, Rob, you know this. You know this, but but it, playing minute to minute, you couldn't even like no. did that. It didn't even feel like a culmination. You go to the black no, garden, totally. That should yes. feel like a thing. And I think what Destiny Two is trying to do is it's trying to create those cinematic narrative moments where you feel the um, Wagnerian grandeur of <laughs> of what Destiny is trying to do. Right, right. and they're the way going they're doing for that, space fantasy. They are going yeah. for epic in in a, in the way that I not in the way that I heard throughout Judges Week which is to say that everyone who said it, something was epic what they meant was that it's a 1999 downloadable game that has <laughs> uh, strings in the score or something okay. right like oh you get power ups it's epic you'll feel powerful there's a game I want to talk about I don't want to talk shit about it but I can't do it yet <sighs> tune in in June tune in in June when yeah. I talk shit about something that I was told was epic and was bad they mean epic in the traditional sense of it being this huge, sprawling hero's journey. Like you're going to go to the four corners of the universe to rejoin your your the fellowship allies. Is scattered. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're going to rejoin the fellowship. Exactly. Which just the idea that this. So Destiny One always said, "Hey, this is totally a fellowship." Uh-huh. All the all the Vanguard folks there, they're all friends. They all hang out in the tower. Yeah. They all work together to keep the city safe. 
what that meant was you went to one room and you got your quests right. from one of three people. Yep. That was the game. Yep. Now you look down on the city, which has always to me been one of these great metaphors. There's a couple of great metaphors about the problems of destiny inside of destiny itself. One of them is that I love uh, you look down on the city, the most populated place in on the planet, the last city of humans, and you never go there. You're always away from it up in this tower. You never see a human. You never see a human. Right. Other than the people in the tower. I think they might all be guard. Like I don't right, know those how are many all guardians, people. Aren't Maybe they? the pilot lady yeah. is a human. Everton is that what her name is? No, I don't whatever. look. Pilot lady, Pi- plucky pilot lady, not a guardian. I'm not sure. I okay. couldn't. I couldn't. Guardians, remember, are people who've been brought back to life via the light. And Some the, are purple. Those are exos. Right? I thought exos, no, were exos the are robots. robots. Like awakened. Kate. They're awakened. Yes. Right. But. Uh, and the other, really briefly, the other metaphor, I think this is relevant and it was super relevant during the Taken King, is there's this guy named Kate Six. I guess he's a guy. Yeah, they're, they're gendered robots, right? No, like, Kate Six talks about dating people, right, which I find right. really hmm. weird. No, like, robots can fuck. Uh, Kate <laughs> that's Six, right. yeah, I'm not all robots, not all robots. I'm not saying all robots fuck. I want to make this clear really quick. I faint, hmm. I once said that Bastion fucks. I stand by those words. Some people have taken that to mean that I believe that all robots fuck. Not all robots fuck. Some robots don't fuck. Not but, everything but is the fuck. But Kate 6 literally says, I used to date this girl. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. So. Sure. Kate 6 also once says, said, like, uh, at the end of, at the end of like, cashing in some currency with him to get a new cape or glove or whatever the fuck you do in Destiny, a game I put 140 hours into, um, he says, like, good luck out there, Guardian. And then underneath he goes, like, Take me with you. And it's this really great moment of like, oh man, all the story is stuck in this room. All of the characters in Destiny are stuck in this fucking room and they want to get out there and do stuff again. Uh, and then Taking King, he does. Kate actually does get to like go out into the world and kind of like is in your ear a little bit. And they're leaning really heavy into that stuff, it seems, in Destiny 2, where they're, they talked, they said the word characters and cutscenes a lot. They've said like more cutscenes than any other Destiny game, which is. A funny word to say, any other, like, oh, Destiny 1 and the expansions that are small? Like, yeah, I would hope. I would hope there'd be more cutscenes. But then also saying things like, oh, you'll meet characters in the world who are, like, doing things. There will be... There's a bit where they talked about um, adventures, which are their equivalent of side quests that will be in the open world. Uh, And they said that as if they and they did this before too they did this in in with the taken king promo too as if they'd invented them as if no one had ever made a side quest in a game before uh and i saw lots of people online super excited about this and i'm like curious about it but like my game has side quests now is not a that's not a it's nothing lots of games have side quests they're often terrible how will they be we'll see there is this bizarre we forgive so much in Destiny because the shooting is good. The guns the shooting is are good. good. The style is really good. Gorgeous. The vibe is go- gorgeous. Skyboxes like you have uh, never seen. Let me tell you about Venus. Ah. Ah. The Black Garden. Ah. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's a beautiful game. I love that world a lot. But it feels like because it came out and it was so sparse, yeah. they're forever playing catch up yes. with where games were at in 1995. Right, like it's a, like, there's an irony that this game is going to be sold on PC, which we'll get to in a bit, on Blizzard or on Battle BattleNet, which also I thought it was stopped. I thought that name was retired. Yeah, but they said BattleNet on stage, so no. But look, maybe nobody told Mike Morheim. <laughs> like maybe, like maybe it's like BattleNet's dead. Right. But nobody but like nobody has yeah. nobody's, Mike uh, BattleNet. BattleNet's Battle gone. Net. There's no. It's it's it's, just, it's the Blizzard. It's, it's the Blizzard. Blizzard app. It's a Blizzard Launcher or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, it's it's ironic that, or it's it's, it's apropos that, because like what they're telling me is that they're making a game that has the features that WoW had at launch, right? Like, oh, we could look at the map now. Oh, good, good. I'm glad I can look at a map and see where I am. Cool. There are secrets in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You did that in Taken King, and that was better. Like, keep doing that. But your promise that that stuff will be there to me isn't super exciting, because it should be there. But what? I, but on the other hand, what yes. what does make a huge difference is that. So even in Taken King, the big, like narrative changing events yeah. all happened in cutscenes that you never participated in. Like you were never there when the stuff was going down. Right. You so were like that great, the great in the opening scene where the awakened, the awakened stuff happens, which is rad as hell. That's just like background. That's not even your character is nowhere involved with that stuff. Whereas here. At least at the top of the game, anyway. The one mission that we got to play, the one campaign story mission that we got to play, you were there while the tower falls, while the last city, human city, comes under assault, and it plays out like a Halo mission, right? Like, playing that mission, which is the one campaign mission that was playable, felt like the opening of a Halo game, where you're kind of running around, you're meeting your key characters, you're having all these different voices in your headset, or, you know, you're, you're kind of hearing from all these different characters, you're fighting a... a what is like a, a really organic through a really organic tutorial where like it's not necessarily that you get a thing that says, oh, you got your super move. Now you can use it. It's just like, oh, this is the scenario in which a super move would be good. And then it does tell you, okay, here's how you use a super move. No one is like telling you, look up, look down. And I actually, and it's gorgeous. Like seeing that city on fire, seeing the smoke, seeing the, the ships oh, it's come in. total Roy Batty nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And, and like the rain, like, like on your Listening visor. Uh-huh. It's great. Sea beams glittering in the dark. I will say, um, it's ball beams. That's what the C stands yeah. stood for. It turned out. Uh, it, they, they, it's actually the same universe. Yeah. Uh, it's great. So I, I will say, Destiny twenty one forty nine. That it was. It's nice seeing these characters out in the wild. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they are not companions. Well, we the don't. Way. Right in that opening mission, they're not. No, and I, but I'm not sure. I just wonder whether they will be because, like Zavala, did not like. Yeah, Zavala's there. He doing does. The, he epic does the shit. thing. Yeah. Yes, at regular intervals, <laughs> that that object in space yes, that we call Zavala steps out, <laughs> activates its bubble that protects you from incoming His missiles. Bubble, thank you. Yeah, exactly. He's a person. Yeah. Ikora uh, jumps on that ship, and then the ship crashes or flies away, and you don't see her again. Yeah. Cade. Here's my theory about Cade. He rescues you. Oh, that's a good theory. My theory is different. What's your theory? All right, so setup of this game is the cabal come and they attack and everything goes to shit it's one it's one group of the cabal which are like the big they're the space marines they're basically turtle people who are also space marine warhammer 40k space yeah. marines and you in this attack uh, you know they, they kind of set this up as the, the guy who's leading this one group the red legion is coming to skull who's coming to sap the energy from the the traveler and take it for his own take the light for his own he was the one who was chosen etc cetera, etc cetera. um and in this opening sequence you see zavala who is shielding people with his bubble with his like Titan like defense yeah. thing. You see a Korra or Ikora, depending on which character or or spokesman from Bungie speaks, uh, like attacks a ship and flies it away, basically. And you only ever hear Cade. And I think Cade is scared. And he hides in a fucking corner 
and he can't bring oh, himself like to do lot. it. And the whole game ends up being set up about going to these four different planets to recover people. And Akora has gone off to the the library on the Jupiter, the moon of Jupiter, Io or whatever. And Zavala is like having an existential crisis because he's not connected to the light anymore. And I want Cade to. So they tell us like, oh, when Cade's gone off to become a, like a big bad hero, I think that's penance because when it, when the shit hit the fan, he fucking hid because he's a hunter and he's like a stealthy dude and is like. Well, and there's that he's whole gunslinger all, thing. Right. It's he's a magnificent all, it's seven. Mythos. It's a fucking yeah. mythos. It's just bullshit that he puts on. And when the cabal came home, he didn't know what to do. That's my pitch. We'll see. I don't. I, that's not. I'm not on any NDAs or anything. Yeah. That's that's my because he's only ever in your ear. You never see him, or he saves what him. or if, or, or, saves or a third option. Cade betrayed the city. Right. He shows up right. at the cutscene at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy! Like. All the sentries oh, are gone. You're right. All weird. the sensors sensors weird. are out. Hey, what's up? I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on at all. Anything weird going on at Korra? Uh, like he's all very casual. You're right. So what if like Cade mm-hmm. has like this is his heel turn? Right. Or there's some kind of like you don't understand. We're just stuck in the city. Right. Like there's no future here. We got to get, get out, out in that world. It ends up being so. This is where I want that other stuff to come in. Like that's like a, a future war cult shit, right? Like future war cult brought him on to do this thing that that convinced him that to get him back in the field and it's disastrous yeah i want more future war cult i want more new monarchy i want more of their like internal factions so badly well especially since one of them is played by the uh woman from the expanse oh um, real? oh the, you're uh, totally the, right the iranian actress yeah yeah, I, yeah 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 um i can't remember the name of her character or the name of the actress but total badass she's right uh, yeah yeah uh, um, no, but it, it, but it'll be cool seeing these characters like doing stuff. I just don't think it's going to feel like, like a modern characters. shooter campaign, right? Where you're following people through yeah. doors. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like you and Alex holding that square. And so Half-Life I don't. Two. I don't think that will be what it is for those three. But they did also. This is like this is completely me sketching on something that might not be there. But they showed a bit where they said you're going to meet characters out in the world, and then they showed a dude in power <laughs> next to you with a sniper rifle. And they tied that to the notion of these adventurers that are out in the world, these side quests. And my suspicion is it, those characters will be not companions necessarily, yeah. but will be characters who you go off and do a side quest with. Or they sit in the sniper tower, tower and are in your ear. Or we did a strike and there was another AI character um, who had a good name and I can't remember her name anymore. But... But she, she was, was goofy. She in was a goofy, fun way a for fun an AI way. to be. Yeah. yeah. And kind of like set your ghost off a little bit. Um, and I think there will be more voices. Like that to me is like a big thing. It's just like having different voices in your ear during missions that have really sharp personalities that are really well defined will help a lot with that game feeling like it has character. Um, Pierce hoping that that's not just in the strike well, and the first mission we saw. And that's the funny thing is like there's all these things that I think and we, and we will be sort of uh, like raising concerns, uh, reservations. At the same time, like I certainly feel there's something about Destiny – Perhaps it's because I've been conditioned by the grimoire mm-hmm. to project things into that universe yeah. that I think are cool. So your your idea about Cade, I'm right. like, oh damn, that's fascinating. Cade, right, is the shallowest it's character. Three hundred lines yeah. is Mal Reynolds, but a robot. Yeah, is Nathan Fillion doing his like charming Just smuggling cash voice. in that check? Yeah, yeah, totally. But it, but nevertheless. I like because it's destiny because of the character. I'm willing to be like, oh man, I wonder what they're going to do with Cade in right. this new game. So this to me speaks to like a thing we talked about earlier this year with Mass Effect Andromeda. 
uh, versus the original Mass Effect. And one of the big differences for me was Mass Effect Andromeda has no story hooks. Like at the beginning, in the first 20 hours, it sets up two or three big story hooks, and then nearly every side quest comes back to those two or three things. Whereas the beginning of Mass Effect 1 sets up like 12 possible story hooks, and then it builds off of those in really interesting angles for the next three games. Um, and because of that, there's a real diversity of content and, and focus and tone even. Destiny has that stuff, has those hooks there. Like, there are all sorts of ways in the lore and fiction and character design that you could go, and then they didn't do that in the first game. They only really started doing that in House of Wolves, Taken King. And I don't even really think Blood Iron, what was the final one even called? (laughs) Uh, Rise of Iron. Rise of Iron really even did that for me. But but I think that there's I think that there's good raw material there. If yeah. that makes sense. Like like Mass Effect One, I think the Destiny universe has lots of good raw material that can be worked on and create really great things, which is why I think you and I and other players ascribe things, dig into the grimoire, tell our own stories in that in the the, the gaps, um, because it encourages it with the material that's there. I just want them to actually start doing it themselves, you know? Now with all this new campaign stuff Let's go back to that whole Destiny 1.5 or right. Destiny 2 thing. So, like, the biggest thing for me is so many of the things that they've shown. I mean, you jumped onto the story stuff and the more the more campaign or the more the more cutscenes, the characters. The thing that I caught when I was first watching that presentation was this is all quality of life stuff. It's things like you don't have to go to orbit to change what planet you're on. You can go to any activity from wherever you are. Um... There were things like uh, trying to think. Was, there was another big quality of life thing that I'm, I'm struggling with now. Like small changes to the way ammo works. You know, they they moved away from previously it was like a, a primary, a special, and a heavy weapon, and now it's a kinetic and elemental. I have massive reservations and about a, that. It's and kinetic energy weapon. and power. Yeah, and I have big reservations um, about that. And I'm sure they have a reason for that. That's around something, but like. All, I can tell you the reason in a, what, in a minute. Tell me the reason. Because I asked about it. I want to know. Uh, okay, so I was talking to. Um, let me let me look up his name real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Briefly, but, while you're looking, I'll set it up. Primary weapons or kinetic weapons are just weapons that don't have any elemental affinity. If you play Destiny, you know that they that weapons can have uh, arc, void, or solar. Right? It was basically like darkness or sorry, lightning, darkness, and fire. Um, and that those do things at the higher level, you know, in the, in the higher levels, they negate shield types and stuff like that. Uh, and so the kinetic one is just the regular gun. Elemental is it has one of the elements and then power is sort of like heavy, but there's some extra stuff in there that was not there before. Yeah. So the person I talked to works uh, primarily on the Crucible, but mm-hmm. he's been involved in all these conversations with uh, Lars Bakken. Sure. And the way he explained it is there's a couple things. One... Energy weapons are primarily about busting down shields. That's what they've said. always been yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, so that's so it's it's not just your secondary; it's also just your your express route right. to taking down boss type characters right. or mini boss type. Hey, characters. that guy has an electrical yeah. shield. That means I use arc to kill that electrical shield. Right. Uh, but the power weapons is an interesting shift because it used to be like the power weapons were like heavy machine guns, yeah. rocket launchers. But secondary weapons could right. be shotguns, shotguns, sniper rifles, yeah, uh, fusion rifles, right? Which were he- which were heavier than what you would traditionally think of as a main weapon, but were not necessarily like it wasn't like finding a rocket launcher, like finding a and rocket. I think fusion is, is still in the se- is in that secondary slot, isn't it? No, not in my play sessions. Okay. My uh... I can't remember. 
I definitely had it I in power. I hate fusion Me rifles. Too. I so also I, do. Yeah, I, don't I, fuck. I hate them. Uh, but <laughs> so fuck fusion rifles. Yep. Uh, waypoint. That's yep. Exactly. However, what what he was explaining was what they were trying to do was isolate anything that can do a one hit kill. So That's, sniper rifles now, rockets, yeah, grenade launchers, which are new and cool. If you put a shotgun, shotgun in guns. someone's face, yeah. that's instant death. Exactly. Right. So what they wanted to do is they take all the weapons that fit the one hit kill sure. arch- archetype and they hive them off into uh, power weapons. Okay. And those become rare and there's some clear like gameplay gameplay cues when you see someone bust one out. Yeah. That's the idea. I don't know how I feel about it because to me suddenly it felt like my loadouts were a little less enjoyably diverse than they were yeah. in the original Destiny. Which is weird because their pitch on it is the opposite, which is like, you should be able to equip whatever you want, wherever you want. Be your, be your own guardian. Yeah, which is not... Have it your way. Right. Have yeah. your way. Exactly. Because, for instance, now um, you can have... I mean, this is the thing. Like, were special weapons... I guess you didn't have certain things in special weapons before, right? Like, there was not... There's no there's no special machine gun. There's no special, like, rocket launcher. Where there still isn't, though, as far as I've... Well, there might be. We well, haven't your, seen them. The power the, weapon is a rocket launcher. Right, but there's special, the, the second slot, oh, the yeah, elemental the slot, now yeah. the energy slot, right. Um, so in my experience, I found, like, hand cannons across both. I found SMGs in yes. both, I think. I found assault rifles and pulse rifles. Like, those things seemed to be in both positions. And so it just, like, doesn't have an interchangeable. Right, and... That's a bummer because like I liked finding a shotgun and I knew that that would go in this one slot and then I, I don't know I'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure it's just will it six months from will now it? yeah we're gonna put a hundred hours in this game again like I like how it feels like that's the thing is like I have all of these reservations about this thing I get why people say it's one point five I understand why I have my own. Like I wish we had seen a new enemy, a new major enemy type, or like uh, we've killed a lot of legion. I wanted day. right, totally. I want to see more. Uh, uh, I would love to have seen a new a new class. I would love to have seen a fourth class. Uh, I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have been told it's not just four new planet or four new maps, but like we're rethinking the way maps are going to work at a fundamental level, and the social spaces are going to be blended in with the open world, which might be happening, but they didn't say that, right? Uh, I wanted that sort of thing and didn't get any of that stuff, and I still played that game and left wishing I could play more of that game. Like, I love how it feels. I love how it looks. It looks better than it's ever looked before, especially on PC, and I want to know if they if they hit it or didn't. And so, like, I'm probably going to put at least another 20... I'm going to play through that campaign. I'm going to play through those strikes, and then I'm probably going to try to play through the raid, and it'll become a nice background game the way that Destiny 1 did for me. So... I'll get used to their weapon change. I'm curious. I will miss having a shotgun in my or a sniper rifle in my second slot, and I will miss having. I feel like I'll have to carry around more heavy weapons than I used to. Um, but I feel like it's a it's a it's a small it's a, it's a niggle at some point. Is that the word? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't like that word. <laughs> it's yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's it's a bit skunked. Yes. Uh, I think for me, it's. There's always been a risk of Destiny having a few too many flavors of mm. automatic and semi-automatic rifle. And now they added SMGs, which are just another one of those. Yeah, it's like it's even faster automatic yeah, rifle, but yeah. it doesn't feel that different. Yeah. 
And so I guess what I miss a lot is that – so the way I did my loadouts in Destiny 1 a lot of times, is, yeah. it was about engagement ranges. Right. Like yep. Destiny – like my, my, my primary, my kinetic slot was used for like standoff engagements. Mm-hmm. Those and your then assault rifle someone, or your yeah. scout rifle or something. And then someone gets in close, I'm switching to a shot Shotgun, a hand a, cannon. A, yeah, exactly. Sidearm. Yeah, right. something that like is good in close quarters, yeah. can put down damage really quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it kind of feels like – all right, the one gun is empty. I will switch to the identical gun yeah. in the next slot, and then all the cool stuff is power. Is, yeah, right. and now I now I feel like now is not the time to use it. So I the thing with me is like so I'm a scout rifle slash yes. hand cannon person. Like that's the two weapons I like. And so now I can have one in kinetic and one in power. Oh, yeah. And, or uh, energy or whatever. I was a scout rifle shotgun guy. Okay. Yeah, well, I love yeah. a shotgun. I do. Like, that's the thing. It's like, so so I would switch between whatever my best scout rifle was or my best hand cannon. And now I get to have one of both and then a shotgun in my third slot or or the grenade launcher. I like the grenade launcher as the sort of mid-tier thing that has worked really well for me uh, in, in, the de- in the demos we played yesterday. Um, and, and what I'll say is, like, it just feels good still to shoot these characters, these enemies, to get those headshots that are really explosive. Um, to to get those sorry not headshots precision shots, uh, and that isn't going to stop feeling good whatever my beef is, and that's the thing that's tricky about this because I want to hold them to a higher standard because I believe that they are capable of a lot, but I also know who I am if that makes sense. Okay, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, but and so then briefly to go back to the, your initial thing here, which was, is this Destiny 1.5 or is this Destiny 2, and why am I, maybe why am I siding on the side of 2, is that I'm not super precious about names. Um, I do think that this is a, I think that instead of saying, this is more like Destiny 1.5, what you can say is, I wanted more from Destiny 2. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that latter thing, while also leaving open the notion that, like, for some games, a sequel is just quality of life and changes. Millions of play- people play FIFA every year, and they keep those games basically the same. And it's weird to have a story-driven, high fan or high sci-fi or sci-fantasy story thing feel more like a Madden than like a Halo two to three, where it's like all new stuff and the forge is there and all that. Which I love that jump. That jump from Halo two to Halo three was like what got me into Halo really, uh, in a way that made me play more than just the campaign. And I want that jump, but that doesn't mean that it's Destiny one point five. I think it's like a quick and easy and dirty way to say like, haha, this game isn't. This event didn't reveal as much as I wanted it to, or it doesn't seem like they're going in the direction I want to. So I get why you have that shorthand, but I think it can also be a disappointing Destiny two without it without saying it's not a real sequel. Sometimes real sequels are lackluster. Sometimes real sequels are smaller than you think that they might be. We are moving into a world where games as service is an increasing thing. Like the Ubisoft model of supporting games like For Honor and Rainbow Six Siege. Like Rainbow Six Siege is going to get another season with new characters and stuff. I guess they're not calling it Rainbow Six Siege 2, but for the people who are playing that game, that is a sequel. Dota I mean, 3.0 is a sequel to Dota sorry, Dota 2 3.0 is effectively that sort of major change for people who really play those games. I mean, that's one of the things I wrote about this week was like the fact we're getting a new crew right. uh, expansion. One of the things <laughs> I wrote game, is like right? Pardon? It's a whole game. It's not just an expansion. Yeah, sorry. It's yeah, it's yeah. the crew the too. Crew too. And one of the things I wrote about was the fact that in the uh, in the earnings call uh, with the with the head of Ubisoft, uh, Eve Guillaume, G- 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 I think Guillaume, 
We're not good with French names. No. We're just going to own that. Yep. But it's it's Eve uh, Gilmo. Uh, that's that's sure. my that's that's yeah, my corruption probably, of it. Yep. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm an American. Uh, but he said that the crew was as profitable last year as it yep. was the year before. Yep. Uh, which is weird. And because I think in our world, we stop, like, yep. these games are in one ear, out the other. This is like so much of. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When I started Waypoint, one of the things that we said was like, we're getting away from the press cycle. We don't want to just cover games when during the preview cycle, at release, and then when DLC hits and that's it. You never hear from it again. And to some degree, we've done that well. And to another degree, I want to keep trying to do that better. But the reason we said it was because that's how games are actually played in the world now. Like, in a way, more than ever, like you said, the crew can have an incredible year, even though it was poorly reviewed and came out to a little fanfare. It has a dedicated community that continues to pay for content, that continues to play it nonstop. And we're interested in people who play games and, and we're interested in the playing, not the product, right? So, like... It was a harsh and and sharp reminder to me that we should have like we should not have only written about the crew having an active player base because this earnings call came out. Yeah, we should have written about that game four months ago, and we've done that in some cases, right? Like we've written about the we've had people going into the Battleborn community and like what's that like? It has a dedicated fan base. It's not a huge success the way that that uh, Gearbox thought it would be, but it's those people love that game, and so like what's happening there? Uh, and I think any coverage of esports has to be like that, right? Like what's oh, yeah. happening on the ground field, like not just around the international, but like what's going on. So well, and increasingly the, the line between esports and games like that totally is. It's starting to get really blurry it, as well. It really is. Again, uh, look at For Honor. Look, you look at Rainbow Six Siege. The way people play those games are the. It's the way that people play esports. Even if those games aren't doing the huge crossover esports majors that the biggest esports are doing. Um, I'm not saying that those games don't have esports right. scenes. Blah 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 blah. blah. But anyway. I think for me, where where to, to sort of square the circle yes. with this conversation is that one of the things I wrote in that piece is that there is something. Brilliant, but also I find kind of off-putting about yeah. that Ubisoft model of look, it doesn't have to be great; it just has to be good enough and something. And maybe that's the most important part, and something that's kind of throwaway that you can dip in yeah. and dip out of as suits your life. And that's not going to give me, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of channeling you a few weeks ago about sure. Edith Finch. Yeah. I play games with that transcendent, like yeah, holy yeah, yeah. shit, experience. That's not what a game like The Crew is ever going totally. to be. That's not what that model generates. You're totally right. I think where I start to get hesitant with Destiny 2 is as a sequel, it feels very much, because of that focus mm-hmm. on quality of life, it feels very much like that, yeah, it's, it's good enough. Right. It's, it's, it'll be fine. Oh, we have a map Do you like now. Destiny? Wow. Cool. Yeah. Right. So for me, I do, I do live for those huge transcendent, you know, or whatever moments that are like, 
wow, like I didn't expect to have this emotional moment. I didn't expect that my next three days are ruined by this game. You know, like my early time with, with Breath of the Wild uh, this year was like that, where it was just like, I can't think about another game. I can't think about a TV show. All I want to do is play Breath of the Wild. And I love those moments. But when I'm being really honest with myself, most of the games that I play for extended periods of time fall into that second category. They are the sort of maintenance games that help me work through whatever is happening in my head because I've had a long day Mm -hmm. and I'm on Skype with a friend or on Discord with a friend and we're playing through a patrol or we're doing, you know, we're, we're grinding on an MMO or whatever, right? Like, that stuff has been historically for me just as important to my understanding and love of games as the moments that are, um, that stand out, that are exceptional. Uh, I love those exceptional moments, but I'd be happy to have another good enough experience for what I'm doing in the moment. Like, it's, it's in the ideal world, it's both. In the ideal world, that whole campaign is as cinematic as that first mission, and there's 20 hours of it, and it's like a nail-biter, and there's great characters, and there's lots of laughs, maybe a tear or two. And then also, I don't have to run the same exact strike nonstop to progress to the endgame. I'm pissed that light is back. I don't want that system. The system sucks. It's bad for new players. Like, I, I want a whole new way of calculating what progress looks like in that game. We're not going to get that. Like, there are things that are going to say the same, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I, my hope is we get that great big cinematic stuff, and then we also get the thing that I can kind of, like, sink into over the course of a month where I'm coming home from work and, like, running something over and over again. I hope it's not the same three or four or five or ten strikes or whatever. I hope that it's something a little more repeatable. We'll All see. Right. So we have a bunch of questions. Yes, people wrote us uh, from questions. our readers, our listeners. In general, if you want to write us questions, you can write it to gamingadvice.com. But, but today we broke the rules we broke a little the bit. Rule. So, so it's all coming from that fine website, twitter.com. Don't, that's not called a fine website. It's it's okay. It's it's the destiny two of social media platforms. <laughs> uh, Web one point five. <laughs> all right. So uh, so uh, Dan writes. If I never played the original, will it be confusing to jump into two? Are they doing anything to court new players with a story catch-up? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I don't think it matters. Me either. Because, like... Here, you're a guardian. That means that you're undead, weirdly, and you help people, and then, uh uh-oh, the group that you're with comes under attack... It starts with the destruction of your home. Yeah. Like that's and that's really all you need. Yeah. I am a little underwhelmed that apparently the secret to taking down the last city was to fire a bunch of missiles at it. Like, well, they landed that thing on the that's what the thing to take it down was. They landed the cabal ship on the traveler. They mm. like mount this big weird spaceship to this to weird disable fake the, moon the guardians. That that takes away their ability to revive. Which I'm really curious to see how that's gonna manifest in play. It won't. You're the guardian who can still do it, obviously. Yeah, I mean it's that's you and you all the other people you see in the wild, <laughs> and your and your fire team. Yeah, right. But it, but they did make it seem like Zavala couldn't do it, right? Um, but they had that really great cutscene of Zavala dying over and over and over again in gunfights, right? Which is like a dope scene, and it's just like, oh right, he died, and then he respawned later, yeah, at X amount of time, which is a cool thing. Um, so yeah, I think jump on, feel free, yeah, as long as it's good. Yeah, uh, Autobro. 
asks, how well does Bungie's gameplay style translate to PC mouse and keyboard? Oh, right. So we played the PC mode. Or did you also get I PC I de- definitely did. Okay, so I started with PS4 Pro yesterday, and it felt like Destiny. And there was a moment I was doing the strike with Jeff Gersman and Greg Miller from uh, giant bomb and kind of funny and there's a moment in the strike where you come through this corridor and then up in the distance there were three scions which are the cabal like light infantry that can do like ranged psychic attacks um and i pulled up my scout rifle at the ps4 pro and was like pop 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 and like got them in a way that jeff gerson was like whoa like he doesn't play that game with people who do long-range stuff that often uh and it felt great i was like oh right i, I love destiny i love how good i am with this one thing and we went to the pc i was like oh, i'm gonna be so bad like i'm used to a slow controller right analog stick thing and I can just see looking at people who are twisting around with their with their mice that this is a different game because it's so much faster because of the mouse look. Um, and I got on and it was too fast for me and I had to scale it down just like by, a, you know, a tenth or something, right? I went from a, a 40 mouse speed to a 30 and then it was fine and I felt really good about it. We got to that same point and the same thing happened. We went pop, pop, pop and caught those three guys up on the ridge and I like still love this how this feels. But it does feel different. That's interesting because I did not like the way it felt on PC. Right, really. Like I think mean, it looked great performance-wise. Oh, it looks so good. It was good. a really good. So we spent an hour with it on PS4 and then went to go play it on PC, and that shift is unbelievable because yeah. the frame rate is just. I'm not a frame rate guy. I'm not one of those people who gets upset when something's 30 instead of 60. I understand why people are like that. I understand. We're like I respect that people are like that but it's always been hard for me to understand it because i have a hard time noticing it in in disparate experiences like it's only when i see things back to back like this that it becomes clear but moving from the side of the building that had the ps4 pro stuff to the side that had the pc walking into that room and seeing how smooth it was and then also how much more finely rendered some of these really great environments in the strike were in the strike you're you're kind of like jumping through all this weird holographic vex like half you know kind of hard light uh platforming sections and then going down into a big drill that's drilling down that's kind of like not just drilling down but is like chainsawing into the earth with these giant, you know, building tall chainsaws that are going around in a circle and you're dodging the chainsaws. It's a great moment. It's a really, really good strike. And on PC, it's smooth and it has, the lighting is really incredible and it's just gorgeous. And I'm not saying it looks bad on PS4 Pro, but going from one to the other was like, oh, it was hitching back there. I didn't realize that was, it wasn't running the right way. Like, so I need to make a decision. Um, That said, it didn't feel weighty in the way that I'm used to Bungie games feeling. So what was your what were your hangups? I think for me it's mostly that it doesn't feel like a PC shooter. Oh, it doesn't. Like, and that's the thing is to me it felt so on P, PS4 everything felt normal and fine because yeah. that's the normalized experience for me. The moment I was playing it on PC, it felt like somebody had Harrison Bergeroned my shooter character. <laughs> like my my Titan is just trudging <laughs> through this world. Like yeah. everything is slow. The, like, sort of famous thing that people have figured out about the way Bungie designs shooter campaigns, or, like, the thing that made Halo work, it isn't just that right stick aiming was good. Like, that helped. It's that they designed levels and enemies that worked in horizontal, in kind of horizontal planes, so that what you did is basically, you got to a set of horizontal cover, and then they got to their set of horizontal cover, and you engaged 
in kind of arcs, in like a 90-degree arc in front of you where your enemies could be, or sometimes they'd be in two different 90-degree arcs, but you'd be in a center position where you'd be bouncing between cover, shooting them out in the open sometimes, but basically this sort of like, I'm facing a general direction and then making changes inside of that, whereas a lot of PC shooters are a lot more, you think about fear or something. You're running paths, you're running circles through spaces, your mouse yeah. looking all over the place, you're jumping through windows, and that sort of mobility is not what Bungie has done historically. And Destiny 2 doesn't seem built for it. Like, it no. is still that other type of shooter where you walk down a corridor and it opens up to a big space, and it's about killing the enemies in that new space, not about moving through that new space. Now, I think some of it could have been alleviated if I'd taken the time to crack open settings yeah, and, like, I, customize my. They had interact on G bit. and super move on F. And that, that made no sense. No, it was, like the, the default <laughs> keyboard layout, layout was terrible. I think some of this could be ameliorated. Yes, but I think, and it's unfair to compare any game to Fear, the <laughs> the granddaddy, the king of the PC shooters. Uh, no, it just if you play a lot of shooters on PC. Yeah. It's going to feel weird. It, it, it is authentically I Destiny. Think it, it is. Weird. It is. And, and did you find out if you could play with a controller? I thought I saw a controller option in the menu, but now I can't. I'm just going to presume they're not crazy enough to not include that option on PC. You think they are crazy enough not to? No, I, no. Oh. I, think, oh. I think absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I think you can... I, like, they didn't tell me this. I didn't no. think to ask, but I'm going to make you, a claim here. Did you play PC... Or sorry, did you play PvP on PC? Because that's my biggest... Yeah. How was that... Uh, because that's the one where I feel like you'd need complete brutal, different balance. Yeah, brutal. Uh, and part of that was I got to PvP on PC late. By that point, okay. it was just people have been doing it For all hours? morning. Yeah, yeah, great. So they knew the level. They mm. knew the uh, new mode. Well, this is a good time to talk about the new mode. Sure. Um, uh, countdown. Yeah. Which is an attack defend. Uh, it's it's very it's it's very Counter Strike in some ways. Yeah. There's two uh, charge locations. You go the attacking there, you team goes sets the yeah. charge. Then there's a countdown. You know the drill. Yeah. Um, and it's permanent death per round. Right. So one way to win is to plan a charge and defend it until it blows up. The other way for, for either side to win is to kill all the other the other, the other team, right? Yeah. And I think it goes in a best of three series for round. It's, uh, it's not. It's So what we did was, well, I played on PS4 Pro, so maybe yeah. it's different on PC. No, it's certainly the same. It was, best, it was first to six. Okay. Um, I know that because we won the first one, we lost the second one, we won the third one, and then we lost four in a row. So it was Oof. five to two. Oof. And then we had a guy from one of the staff people come over and he was like, you guys should, should pick a, pick uh, Alpha or, or Bravo and go to it right away. Stop hesitating. Just go to a space. And we ran it back and we won 6-5. And like won each game, one after the other. And it was just like one of the best. It's like, oh, right. This is why people play competitive games because I had this amazing run back. Like, yeah. this is so good. Um, but I didn't play on PC. And I think I would have gotten worked on PC. Oh, I, I definitely did. Uh, and part of it, it's, just, it's little things. Like... Uh, Field of view felt super narrow suddenly. Like, yeah. didn't notice it in the campaign, yeah. but like, literally, when somebody would go like vaulting over my head, I would get, I was like, I don't know where they are. I'm looking up and around, yeah. and I cannot see enough of the space around me to track them. Which is, like, there might be an FOV option in the final game, I hope so. or might, there might have been one in that build, but we just didn't yeah. get time to sit down and go through all the options. Uh, but it seems like, it seems like an interesting multiplayer mode. Interesting shift to 4v4 multiplayer across the board. Yeah. Because uh, it used to be at? 6v6 on a lot of modes. Yeah. Um, I don't think I love it. It feels scary to me because 6v6, it's easy you to hide be in the middle. You anonymous in that, yeah. Yeah, it's really easy to be the one who did okay but didn't fuck up. 
and that's where I try to be in my life in general. And I'm afraid of 4v4 that I'm going to be that fourth person. Yeah. Because they're not going to like – they're not – this is an Overwatch. They're not going to hide that I did bad. They're going to let people know that, yeah, I planted the charge three times, but also my kill-death ratio was bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I – I, I don't know how I how I feel about it. I liked Destiny like for me it's kind of a it's a fix to a thing I'm not sure was broken. I liked Destiny One multiplayer like for the Crucible, most part. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't fully understand why it works that way, but Esports. I you know, I, I sort of I sort of asked about that. Okay. It sounds like they're more open to it yeah. than they've been in the past. They're not pushing. They're they're still not pushing. Okay. Uh, That's good. I still think it's esports. I think I, it's like it's uh, four four person teams are way more spectatable than six person teams. Also, way easier to have a professional scene around totally. a four person team. Four v are yeah, totally a thing. Six and is tough. Six is tough, and also, I think that building a mode like this around four v four is a lot. I, it makes more sense as a four v four than a six v six. Like I think that like it would have gotten busy and messy. Both of, you wouldn't have that moment of like okay, where are they going? They're going to go to both six people. Yeah. they're going to go to both. Um, and I like the kind of like the mind games of 4v4. Yeah. Nick writes, thoughts on guided games as someone with 13... Is that what it's called? Guided games is our video series. Guided. Guided. Guided Guided games. Got it. You're you're ready to lawyer up. You were like, what what, what they call that? They call that? Yeah. Guide to games? Yeah. All right. Luke Smith. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm coming for you, Luke. Yeah. Uh, Thoughts on guided games as someone with 1,300 hours. Oh, hats (laughs) off, Nick. 1,300 hours of Destiny 1. Yeah. The concept seems like a good way to showcase endgame content to new solo players. This is a feature Patrick wanted. Patrick wrote about it. He wanted the Sherpas. I want a Sherpa. Like, that's what he said. And uh, I think it's good. He sort of got his Sherpas. So the way it works, let's explain how it works, right? So that's kind of how it works, right? It is only with clans and individuals, right? Impression. So one of the quality of life things they added was clans. Actually, like, hey, you can organize clans. There are going to be special equipment that you get from being in a clan. Blah blah blah. And uh, with your clan, you can advertise for your clan by kind of having like a motto and your flag and the clan name. And one of the things that you can do is this thing called guided games, where let's say you have a clan and you're trying to do uh, a strike. And you only have two people on, or you're trying to do a raid, but you only have a raid still six. Yeah, raids yeah. are still six. You only have five people on. You can put out a call that says like, "Hey, we need a sixth. And then individual players can go and browse whatever clans are looking for people and uh, join them for that one thing, kind of do a trial run, or they can say, "Hey, I need someone to guide me through this raid." This heroic strike, whatever, and a clan can kind of take that person up and bring them through. And that seems cool. Uh, I have had bad experiences with strangers on the internet. So, like, who knows? 17-year-old Awesome would use this a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's cool that that stuff is built into the game because that thing happens. It just happens on message boards. It just happens on Twitter. It just happens in these on apps that are third-party. Bring that stuff in makes sense to me. Yeah. I think my... To me, it feels a little bit like a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. To get around looking Look for, for group matchmaking. Yeah. Like, it just seems like we're really doing an end run around what should be a... A su- quick button hit? Yeah, or at least a, or a menu hit, did right? They, like, did they confirm for sure that there isn't a looking for... Not a looking for group, but a menu button where I hit, I want to do this raid or this strike with four other people? Is this the only way to I'm not going to swear to that in a court of law, but they... That was your impression? 
they only talked about the sort of raid matchmaking yeah. in the context of clans. Yeah. And I think my concern is that's still going to leave a lot of opportunity yeah. for you to just be like, hey, all right, I'm your sixth. Yeah. And then for you to just have the next, like, two hours of your life be people being mean to you yeah. on the internet. People who all know each other. It's not yeah. a pickup group. It's not six strangers. It's five people who know each other and you, rookie. Yeah. That never gets weird. No. Yeah. Uh... How do you think the changes in the gun mechanics will change PvE and PvP modes? Can you also discuss the pluses and minuses of the changes to the classes? They didn't show enough about those changes to the classes, right? Like, we saw one subclass for each class. Yeah. I didn't even get to play the Titan at all. I played Hunter twice and I Warlock so much twice. Titan. Really? Okay, well, yeah. good. And you tell me about what the Titan is. I really liked what they did with, with this Warlock subclass. So it has, like, a sword that shoots, like energy waves or whatever bullshit science fantasy stuff uh but the thing that i like the most about it were two new things so one is every class has an ability button now um so on top of doing your previously you had a super that you did when you charge up a meter you had a grenade and you had a special melee so for instance one of the hunter melees was throwing a dagger um one of the hunter like supers was the golden gun, and one of the and the hunter um, uh, grenades were things like the grenades that shoot out little swarm mm-hmm. like energy bombs or a sticky grenade or whatever. Right now, there's also another thing that is a special ability that's based on your class. Uh, and so for the the warlock one was really cool. It was like an AOE thing that you place on the ground that either increased your damage or healed you, and that healing one was fantastic. Uh, and then there's another thing that the Warlock had, whatever the name of that, Dawnbreaker or something, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> subclass had, was that you could, from after doing a, a double jump or while you're falling, you could hold down the B button or the circle button and do a quick fall. And when you did, you healed. And suddenly, whenever I played a Warlock, I've always felt really squishy. I got to be really aggressive. I got to feel like almost like a vanguard in uh, Mass Effect, where it's like, I'm going to get in your face, but I'm going to heal while I'm getting in your face. And so as long as I can keep my healing up, I'm going to be okay being hyper-aggressive, which is a really fun way for me to play. It's made me think about rolling a warlock in this next one. Um, But on the other hand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but previously one of the high-level hunter things was a dodge that you could do. Whenever you just hit you hit circle twice and you did a little roll dodge, I would just do that constantly when I was playing Destiny One. Um, and there were things that could only proc every fifteen seconds yeah. or something. Now that dodge roll is on cooldown, so you only could only do it once in a while, and it's still cool because it has abilities like when I played the the strike as a hunter. I was using it a lot to, you did the dodge roll and then you recharged your long range melee attack, your special melee attack. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm comboing this in cool ways. But I, I kind of didn't, I hope that there aren't a lot of really common class features that move on to that special class ability button. What was the Titan's special ability? Uh, planted an AoE healing bubble. Okay. Uh, so it was sort of, Interesting. it was a little bit like it was Zavala, but healing. Oh, uh, so cool. you'd be standing in your bubble. And that wasn't the super. That, that wasn't the super. No, that was, was just, class ability. Okay. So that popped every few few minutes. And the super was like electric charging stuff, right? Yeah, it was your standard. You turn gold and just fucking like start sledgehammering people. Okay. Um, Great. I don't know if it was new. It felt the same. Yeah. Like it was a big gold thing. Yeah. You hit people with things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a hunter with a um, golden gun. The page or the the web the, the web page. You know the the kind of 
The medieval page. The medieval page. Now, the uh, screen where you pick whatever your abilities are seemed cleaner than the old thing, um, but in a way that at least a, has the appearance of being limited, even though I don't know that it necessarily is. Yeah. Uh, you kind of just had, like, your core class and then, like, little spokes coming off of it that each had subdivision things that you could level up or choose between. And it looks like it might just be a different way of showing you the same information that was in the first yeah. game. But it also seems sparse in a weird way because it's not all this big like periodic table that you're picking from. I just wonder how much like was just kept out of the built entirely. Totally, hundred percent. Like, yeah, like we only saw one subclass for each thing. Right. Do you know if they're bringing back the old subclasses as is, or is this I replacing one? Okay. I saw mixed chatter about that online from different interviews, so I'm just going to hold off on saying one way or the other. Um. <laughs> thoughts on the Blizzard platform. Help or hurt sales or no difference? Help sales. It's a new platform. Like, there are lots of people who wanted to play this game. That You don't think not being on Steam is going to... Oh, oh, I thought you meant effect? versus... Yeah, okay. No. Yeah. Um, it's not going to hurt that much. That I yeah, yeah, people like Steam a lot. People are going to play Destiny. Yeah. Lots of people use the Blizzard launcher. And this is... Overwatch is huge. <laughs> Hearthstone is huge. Destiny 2, I think, in particular, kind of represents a... Once in a console generation chance, yeah, to have something that forces people to step away from Steam, yeah, and every publisher wants to do this. Put that fucking pressure like, on Steam, yeah. Fucking, I, I like, I use Steam every day of my life. I want more competition for Steam, yeah, desperately. And like, I'm not like a big Activision booster or something, but I think it's a good thing that whatever that they didn't seal that deal. That's it. Like, I have seen lots of people talk about like. One of the one of their messaging pieces around it was like, "This is the first third party game to ever come to Blizzard." Like, y'all are part of the same company. What? Like, I get it. Like, like I guess Bungie isn't part of that company, but Activision is publishing this game. Activision and Blizzard are the same company. No, man, Blizzard is the no. cool, heartwarming. Just Blizzard's hardly even a company. You've been hoodwinked. It's like. It's like a non-profit. You've been had. It's like they're just there to create fun. <laughs> Bamboozled. Shout-outs to, to Malcolm X and Malcolm X's birthday today. Uh, Peter asks, if I hated the first game, will I still hate the second yeah. game? Oh, yeah. Well, I, why did you hate it? Did you hate it because you didn't have a map? Did you hate it because there weren't side quests? Because if not, if that's why, then maybe you'll be okay with this one. But if you didn't like it on a moment-to-moment basis, you're not going to like this either. Um... Jordan. Jordan Mallory. Oh, Waypoint, that at guy. Waypoint Freelancer Jordan Mallory. Shout out to Jordan. Why would I play this instead of waiting for Game of the Year Edition version? And then, why would I play that before knowing if anything carries <laughs> to Destiny 3? This is the existential crisis of all life. Why well, do anything, really? Yeah. Have you thought about becoming a nihilist like me? <laughs> Like a like a like a philosophical uh, fatalist is that you know like, let's just let's in the just, long run we're all we're dead. all dying Melissa yeah. like this is uh, <laughs> uh, because your friends are playing because you want to be part of a conversation because you have an idea for a freelance story you want to pitch us Jordan like that that's why um, because nothing matters if it carries by the way it's the same look this is Destiny two it's the same game. right this is the actual the secret is anything that would have carried over would have immediately been outclassed yeah. by the first drop that you got just witness what happens in Rise in, of Iron so it's in, like in, oh in all that stuff every MMO ever the second you get a new thing it's going the lowest thing the lowest new pistol is going to be better than your rad pocket launcher yeah 
So no, and it's all gonna be the same stuff. Like one scout rifles. Yeah. I think the one place where I I disagree. The only place where I want to make note is like when you bought a shader, or when you bought a dance, when you spent real money on stuff. That stuff I wish carried over for sure. Um, but yeah, Jordan, you should come play with us. We'll have a guild or a clan or whatever. The way pointers, the way the way pointists, the way panelists. Uh, so. Gabriel asks, and I don't have the answer to this, is there any indication of light level increasing by infusing gear to other gear? There's, it looks so similar. Yeah, there is light interface. level, there is a level. Uh, I think you were capped at level 20, or we were at level 20, and then there's there was still a level 200. Items. Still gold items. Still gold exotics. items, exotics, yeah. Um, but we, you couldn't go in, you couldn't even see, like, There's no perks. other gear except what you had. Right, and nothing ever dropped, except, except if you started the single-player campaign demo, it opened with you getting all the equipment that you'd have available. So it was just like that great sound of engrams like being added to your to your inventory. Um, but you didn't get to like open any engrams. We didn't see any drop. I wish like I, when I finished the strike, what I told Jeff was like I wish that had told me what loot we got cuz it felt so triumphant. We beat this this strike is really good. I mentioned the big chainsaws cutting through huge mountains and stuff already. The end of the boss fight that felt different than most boss fights in the it felt like a like a raid mini boss or like a sub-boss in a long raid, versus traditional strike bosses, which just felt like literally a big version of a regular enemy. Um, it had like multiple stages, and there was falling, it was really cool, and the one thing missing was at the end, we didn't get drops. I really wanted them to just like do a random roll of a yeah, handful of I things. Don't need, look, just know, show me the name of an exotic. Give me the thing. I just want to pick up that little the decahedron yeah, or whatever the hell. I, totally. just want to, I just want to love it. It would have felt good. Yeah. Um, Roop asks... Are the AI still dumb sponges <laughs> like in Destiny 1? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. they have their own patterns. There's There were some more aggressive types that I thought were good that were really spongy, but they were aggressive in a way. Like, there were those dogs in the strike that would chase you. Not dog, like alien lions or something. They were dangerous, though. They were very they were, dangerous. They were like, I saw a whole team nasty warthogs. completely get wiped on them yep. uh, in that little room. And then there were like berserkers, not berserkers, what were they called? Gladiators. Yep. Yeah, cabal gladiators that had like two giant axes and like helmets on so you couldn't headshot them. Did you see that video of the robot with the sword? It, they were kind of like that. Yes, it, they were kind of like They were like just that. like in your face. Yeah, and, and they were fun to fight. Like, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun I, I always have a lot of fun in these games, partially because the precision kills are really fun to, to land, um, but also because I like to play classes that are a little bit more mobile, and so I'm sliding around and doing shotgun, like sliding behind somebody and shotgunning them in the back as much as I can, uh, even though I don't think that this game is really necessarily the best at that. It is better at like like squaring up and getting the, the shots off, but, but yeah. But if you didn't like the Destiny 1 AI, you're probably not going to love this one. Uh, Andrew asks, is anyone else mad that you won't go into the city under the tower while it's still intact? Yeah, I'm pissed. It's the yeah. one thing I've wanted since the first game. Uh, I hope the other social areas or, or hubs or whatever they are are cool. Are you? How about you, Rob? I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, it all goes into that theme of there is so much cool stuff suggested about yeah. the world's destiny that you never see. Yeah. Um, so I would be I would be very keen to see sort of what the uh, future of the post collapse humanity totally uh, looks like. I hope they're not just throwing it all away. Like I hope that this isn't an excuse to be like, and now there's no more factions. Now there's no more like uh, war future war cult. No more new monarchy. No more dead orbit. You know. Uh, I think we'll do one last question. Sure. 
does the fact that you haven't talked about any future content plans suggest that they haven't finished their supposed engine pipeline issues? And that's from Ewan. Mm. So I wouldn't expect them to talk about future content plans on the day they're revealing all this stuff. Right. Like, so I, I wouldn't read too much yeah. into that. Uh, where I'm going to take this question is I still have those reservations that I had over Destiny 1, which is that I'm not sure new content is going to arrive at anywhere near the pace required to keep that experience fresh. Yeah. For Like, if you are on that grind where, like, you're doing your daily check-in and you're doing yeah. your daily quests and matches, yeah. that will, like, the, the game will go dr- run dry very, very quickly. quickly. And there were no suggestions that there would be, like procedurally generated content. Like, someone at the at the show was like, what if those... So one of the other things that they're adding to the map is something called Lost Sectors. Yeah, Lost Sectors. Um, we don't know what those are. We know there's treasure and maybe a mini-boss. Someone was like, oh, what if those are proc-gen? What if those are, like, uh, like at the end of Diablo 3 now has the realms or whatever they're yeah. called? Um, so that they're just a little different every time. That would go so far into making your daily check-in better than doing the same patrol over and over and over and over again or yeah. running the weekly strike or whatever it is like nothing that we saw suggests that but it would be cool if they took that lesson from blizzard and if you know there was that really great destiny piece by uh, by jason schreier at kotaku where he identified one of the key problems with the pipeline of that first game was it took them a full day to to change a single thing on the map um, on one of the game maps, which meant that iteration was really hard because you, it took you so long to just generate the thing. Like you made the design change, you wait overnight for the thing to process and render, and then the next day you get to test it. And if you want to change it, you have to wait another day. So if they did fix that pipeline problem, I could. What I what I suspect is less huge changes overnight. I, I think well, it's possible that they'll do that, but more better iteration, which means a better final product at launch. Mm-hmm. Because it means that they could have tinkered more often during the development process and made sure that stuff was actually solid. So I think that's going to do it for us. If you want to talk to us about Destiny, though, there is a, uh, a thread open on our forum. You can go to forum.waypoint.vice.com or, or to discourse.zone. That's, that's uh, the address I always use. We've been talking about, about Destiny there and a bunch of, about a bunch of other stuff. And if you have a regular, different, non-Destiny question, you can, again, write that to gamingadvice.com. Uh, you find everything we do at waypoint.vice.com, at digitalpyramids.com, at popliopals.moe. We have a lot of internet addresses. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Rob? Just at Rob Zachney. It's an easy one. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waypointvice, twitter.com slash waypoint, youtube.com slash waypointvice. I need to get home. I need to see I need to see how Patrick's doing. He's been streaming player unknown battlegrounds without me. I, I, I heard he died a couple times, but I, I saw him punch a man to death today. I gotta check in on my And boy. in the game. Also in the game. <laughs> Um, so check that out uh, those videos have been going up nonstop. Uh, we will be back on Monday for another episode I'll be back in New York Rob you'll be calling in and uh, I think that's going to do it for us I'll say it for Danielle because she's not here be good or be good at it peace Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.